Hello and good evening everyone, this is Kevin Finkel here, here with episode number 32 of Magic the Final Frontier. On this podcast we discuss the Frontier format, keeping our listeners up to date with what is new, powerful, and interesting in the world of Frontier. And I'm Ryan Schwenk, the Japan hobbyist, playing Frontier out of Tokyo, Japan. And I hope you guys didn't forget me, this is Matt Murday back again, the original Frontier podcast Spike. Yeah... Nice to have you back. All right, guys. I'm excited. I hope everyone's excited because it is time once again. Well, oh, yeah. We're excited about Matt, too. I guess that's interesting. But Magic 2019 mm-hmm. corset coming out. New cards, new things to talk about, new impact on Frontier, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Every single new set is something new that we get to add into the format. So we're always changing, always getting more excited, except we don't have rotation like standard to uh, lose all the fun. So, guys, the way we've done this previously, you know, we always end up talking quite a bit about new cards. We've broken it into two episodes. I don't think we're going to have to do that here. I'll change my mind later if we end up, you know, going long, talking about some horses or something. Um, Normally, I would start off with what's some new mechanics, what are some very obvious builder rounds. But I think that with this, we don't have any new mechanics. It's a a core set. There's a large number of reprints. We're going to jump right into going through some of the colors and just kind of going through what we think the best cards are. And then either at the end of today or when we um, do our part two, which we'll record today anyways, but you guys might hear later, mm-hmm. then we'd go over what we think are the top five most impactful cards from the set for us. Mm-hmm. Everyone ready and excited? Oh yeah. I, this is my first one, man. I've, I've always wanted to do one of these. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. We, we got your input on the last one. We tried to um, echo some of the things you told us, but we had uh, we still had Kevin on the yeah. podcast for that uh, one. Based on... Based on some of the cards you've put in this document, it might be your last one, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I better make ooh, it... Ooh. Better give it my best, then. Now, you know, we normally go... So we went Wooburg order the last time. Does that mean we have to change it up and start with blue, just to completely mess with the order you've got it in our uh, our document here? Hmm. I think we just go in the order of the document. Keep it simple. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll start off with white. Wooburg order, as uh, Morrow intended it. What? is new from white so why don't we start with maybe our planeswalkers every time we've got each one of these colors is kind of focused about a planeswalker they're all a little bit narrow mm-hmm. but we've got one in each color so that's that's interesting that's different why don't we uh start off there so in white we have a johnny adversary of tyrants two and two white it is a four loyalty planeswalker it can plus one to add two plus one add a plus one plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures it can minus two to return target creature with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. And it's ult for seven. You get an emblem. And if you're being a grand step, you get three white 1-1 one, one cat tokens with lifelink. So game-winning ult, probably. It'd take a while to get there. Um, the plus, mm-hmm. you know, it's good if you've got creatures only. The minus, now that's probably the effect that we're interested in here. You know, we've, it's kind yeah. of the renegade rallier effect of something two or less although this is only creatures are you guys interested in this in any particular decks anything that pops out i mean you're obviously going for the minus on this one Mm -hmm. um i have a really hard time figuring out when i would play this over gideon um, because gideon's just so well-rounded he's just always good um and obviously well, this is card card advantage as well, which is nice. I mean, they they're both pseudo card advantage, right? I mean, this is a little mm-hmm. more clear. I think the downtick is definitely uh, sets this guy apart. Like, the downtick's actually really good. No yeah, two see, ways about it. For this to be better than Gideon, you would need that minus two to a have targets to hit. So you have to have creatures, and you have to have them already in your graveyard. And b mm-hmm. whatever you bring back has to be better than a generic two two. So if you're just bringing back 
a bear, a Thraven inspector. That might not be worth anything more than what Gideon can provide. This could be really good in the Mono White Humans deck with uh, Always Watching. You know, you're bringing back the 3-1 Amonkhet guy. I forgot his name. So the, um, The, you know... Glory Bound Initiate. The the Glory Bound Initiate. Yeah. Um, And obviously the big one that pops out for me is Thalia's Lieutenant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's a great idea, but... That deck only has so much room at the four drop slot. Like, mm-hmm. are you giving up your mm-hmm. Archangel of Tides for this? And I mean, like, mm-hmm. I actually think Probably Gideon is, so... is pretty solid in that deck too, just because his alt is so u- useful. What right? about um? What about? Abzan? I don't know if we'll see him main deck. I think this guy will be a good sideboard card though against control and stuff. Hmm. You know, they wipe your board, you bring it back, and just reset your board, reset your board, reset your board. You do have to have a board for him to really be any good though. So. I'm uh, hesitant. I'm interested to see what he can do, but I don't have anywhere like, that he mm-hmm. really pops out for me yet. This this is probably, to me, like one of the better four-mana white planeswalkers in the format. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that the problem with that is he's not the best four-mana white planeswalker in the format, and that's Gideon. And Gideon's just well, so universal, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, just like... and Karn practically counts as well. Mm-hmm. All right, why don't we look at another white mythic? We have a, another monocolored mythic that's right next here, and we were just talking about angels. So Resplendent Angel, one and two white for a 3-3 three, three flyer. So three mana, 3-3 three, three flyer. That's interesting if we're cocoing, I assume. Um, other than that, at the beginning of your end step, if you've gained five or more life that turn, create a 4-4 four, four white angel creature with token with flying and vigilance. So you create a Sarah Angel. It also has an ability to pay six, and it gets plus two, plus two lifelink until end of turn. You guys got to let me talk about this first because I, t- I was talking about it the other week, how I was brewing up that black-white Angels deck. Yes, you, you're the guy who's been and playing Angels. Thing, Tell us about this. I, that's the one card that I need. I needed something in the three-drop position because, you know, I had Thalia. That was okay. And then I had, like, all these four-drops, you know, like uh, Shalai and Archangel of Thighs. But I needed <laughs> something high-impact. So this was the perfect card. I'm, like, so happy that it got printed. I don't know if that was intentional, but I'm officially calling that that angel archangel of thighs from now on because that's good <laughs> thighs 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 yes sorry thighs yeah okay so, so yeah this is one of my favorite cards in the set actually like i i love this card and it's just like i know i'm never gonna be able to play it like <laughs> i i want to play it so bad um but you know three mana three three flyer doesn't impact the board right away um isn't resilient in any way uh, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's just not a card we play. Like we don't we don't play cards like that in this format. Well, see if you're playing angels, you're playing Bruna, and you're bringing him back. At least blocks a smuggler's copter. Oh so you're really looking at it as <laughs> you're really looking at it as. Or, sorry, no. Um, Ryan is really looking at it as an angel. What about the life gain side of it? Are we putting this in a dedicated life gain deck with things like oh, what is the um, lone rider? Mm. Oh my god, I forgot <laughs> about Lone Rider. That seems so good. So- Soren's also yeah, really good. The fact good that this it. is five I, life, yeah. though, is hard. So Lone Rider, I think, is three. So he gets. I think it's four. He gets triggered by things like um, Blessed Alliance. He gets Ojitai's Command. Yep, this guy yep, misses yep. those just a little bit, unless we have something else. So that worries me a little bit, but I'm interested. Well, it's five life total, which is yeah. great. So if you have guys on the board and then plus one Soren or like, uh, you know, you get four with uh, the Lone Rider, bam, you get another four, four. I'm definitely going to build like a dedicated life deck, life gain deck mm-hmm. around this. And it's going to be garbage because this card is garbage. 
but but it's gonna be a lot of fun it like the the upside of keeping on the board is so much fun that i want to do it even mm-hmm. though i know i know it's not going to be the most competitive and that's why it's probably probably one of my favorite cards okay time. well while i'm looking at it i see you guys have added another life gain card to cards you like to talk about i see a johnny's welcome uh this is one white for an enchantment whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control you gain one life what are you guys doing with this one here Oh, that, so that wasn't me. I'm actually not doing anything with it. I just wanted to put it in there because I'm so sad that we didn't oh, get a soul yeah, sister. Yeah, it's like the soul sister like enchantment. A, a creature. Yeah, if we got a creature, because here, let me tell you guys a little story. <laughs> so I was I was going to break the format with a soul sister. And how mm-hmm. I was going to do this, it was going to be like a cocoa cord value mm-hmm. list that would cord in... A Felidar Guardian at the end of turn mm. on top of another oh, God, Felidar yes. Guardian <laughs> for, for infinite life. It was going to be beautiful. Uh, and now, sadly, we can't do that. Well, you might as well add in the Felidar Sovereign as well. So I mean, at that point, if you're at infinite life... You get infinite than... life. If they don't <laughs> give up, you automatically win. Interesting. All right, so... Uh, where do you guys want to move from there? I see there's a bunch of Cocoable creatures. White seems to have a lot in this set, I'd say. Yeah, I think White got the most in the set by a lot. Yeah, I'm, I'm really liking everything here. I mean, we were talking about how White was kind of un, undeserving. Or not undeserving, but kind of underrated. Mm-hmm. Um, we said it needed that one drop. Uh, I'm kind of... Maybe we can talk about that one, the one one mana um, exile effect that they have. Yeah, they did get one. So they have Isolate here. It's one mana for an instant. Exile target permanent with converted mana cost one. So it doesn't hit tokens, it mm. doesn't hit copter. That that worries me some. Yeah, I mean, this is a sweet card. I really hope it finds a home one day. It's not going to be this day. <laughs> yeah, um, it's not that. It's, it's not no. Path the Exile. Yeah, we're not there yet. It's not maybe maybe someday it'll be a sideboard card. I think it's really cool. And like like I kind of say on every one of these, like they're clearly pushing this one mana exile space a little bit mm-hmm. more and more. Like they want to mm-hmm. find something and make it stick. And they keep failing to do that, but like each time it seemed just a little closer to me, so I'm hopeful. Hmm. Yeah, they realize this is kind of underpowered, and they'll give us a little something better in the future. All right, I'm going to move on to some more things. I see we have the first of our horse cycle here. So Shield Mare, this is a cycle of hosers, so they're color hosers. They're good against one specific color. This is one white, white for two, three, horse. Uh, it can't be blocked by red creatures, and when it enters the battlefield or becomes target of a spell and ability opponent controls, you gain three life. So is this mm. worth it against... The, the comparison would be Erish and Cleric is just a 1-3 that gains you 3 life when it comes into play. Is it worth paying the 1 extra mana being a turn slower on your hate card to play this instead of Erish and Cleric in your sideboard against Tatarka? Mm, they're just going to burn you to the face, That's right? That's definitely a worry of mine. I mean, you do get the 3 when you enter, so it, it does do that. It does have 2 power to maybe trade mm-hmm. with some things that Erish and Cleric couldn't. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, it's all right. And it's 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 good. It's a yeah, good. Yeah, I feel like some card. of the things on here just don't do anything. I feel like the can't be blocked by red creatures. You're not swinging in with this really ever. And yeah, yeah, no. I mean, the the thing about Erish and Cleric could be the one power just blanks mm-hmm. so many cards in a target. And the if it can't be so the becoming a spell and ability opponent controls. I don't know how much that's going to come up. I mean, I feel like they don't need to do a lightning strike at this. They just need to attack mm-hmm. through it. They're going to have no problem doing that. 
Mm-hmm. So I don't love it, yeah. but I think it might be worth trying out. I think we'll see it in some sideboards. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, you want to grab one? Oh, this is a big responsibility. <laughs> All right, let's talk. This is another one of my favorite cards in the set. Uh, Mentor of the Yes, yeah, so this is a reprint. This is two and a white mm-hmm. for human soldier 2-2, two, two, and whenever another creature with power two or less enters the battlefield under your control, you can pay one, and if you do, draw a card. So this is kind of... We're getting a theme of creatures with power two or less, which is really exciting because I know how much you want to talk about Dusk to Dawn. <laughs> Always, I love Dusk. So here's the thing: I actually I don't actually know if I'd play this in Dusk to Dawn. I love it. I think it's like really cool, mm-hmm. and like the power, like it's obviously powerful, but I just I don't know if it if it's enough with only I think two toughness is is the real part that holds it back. That's definitely true. So you'd rather play what like Bygone Bishop, which is a two three flyer instead. I mean, that's an option. I think the reality is probably I'm playing another card on this list. Mm. Mm. Which, okay, so which, the Militia, <laughs> militia Bugler. Yeah, I think I think that's the problem. Like, it, I'd be a lot more excited about Mentor of the Meek if he wasn't just immediately outshone by Militia Bugler. Okay, so this is one of my favorite cards in the set. Two and a white for a 2-3 with Vigilance. So there's already two things we're doing better. And it's a human soldier as well. This, when it enters the battlefield, you can look at the top four cards of your library, you can choose a creature card with power two or less from among them, and put it into your hand. And you put the rest in the bottom in a random order. So you get your card advantage right away, and you get some card selection there. I think you can't understate the body on this either. Mm-hmm. Like, a 2-3 two, like two, is a surprising amount bigger than a 2-2, two, two, especially with Vigilance. Yes. So it can block a lot of things from a Tark, uh, from, I mean, most decks in the format, I'd say. So I got a quick question. Will, will, will you, will any of these humans show up in the Bat Humans list? Are they too underpowered or do you think it'll fit right in? So I, yeah, go sorry, ahead. Go ahead. No, no, please. I actually think Militia Boogler um, is probably a, a slot in straight to the tireless tracker spot. <laughs> and I know people are going to give me some hell for that, mm-hmm. uh, but I think it's just, it does better into a Tarka. It's a lot better into a Tarka. Mm-hmm. Um, the defensive body is way better. Vigilance is a great stat. Um, and just not losing tempo on your card advantage, I think, is actually worth a lot more than people give it credit for. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, I think so. I've so, also been testing this card quite a bit already. I've been trying it out online. So I think that in the Humans Coco list specifically, I don't. I might not play it, or I might only play a couple of them. They have a fair number of misses, things like Thalia they definitely want. They want Renegade Rallier. They had Tireless Tracker previously, as well as the um, Glory Glory Bound Initiate. So those are all three power creatures that don't work that well with this. I think all of the other Coco decks, though, so things like the Bant Coco, which isn't humans-based, or the Mm -hmm. Rally decks, or even um, God Pharaoh's Gift, I think all of those decks would love to have this card. Those have quite a number more of cards that hit off of it. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just worth shifting away from some of those three power cards in human uh, Coco. That's um, in particular too, yeah. In particular, I, I, I've been less and less impressed with Glorybound Initiate in the new Atarka meta because, for one, uh, Dying to Wild Slash is a big card that you don't want to lose. Like That's kind of your trump card against them, and it mm-hmm. dies so easy. And then also, I think I think we're going to start seeing Atarka going the way of Chain Worlder. Uh, which is, yeah, is I've seen it show up a little bit. Blowout. Okay, I can see that. So you're thinking, if we are still playing humans, let's play something like the Knight of Grace instead. 
Yeah, just I don't know exactly what it is yet. I haven't looked enough at the list. I just think I'm I'm starting to lean away from uh, Glorybound Initiate in particular. Mm. And I think having if you're gonna play like two, three Thalias and four Renegade Ralliers, and it's a Coco list, so it has like 25, 30 creatures. Yeah, I, I think I'm fine with that number of misses in my <laughs> deck. Okay. Um. So while well, you were just talking about X ones, I do have a good one here. This is a remorseful cleric one and a white for a two one spirit cleric with flying mm. and you can sacrifice it for free to exile all cards from target players graveyard this it. card is so exciting so it's it's Tormod's crypt on a two one flyer mm. so for a second there i was like hey this is a card for rally this card boom gone <laughs> yeah i mean i don't hate it i i think people are probably evaluating it a little too highly um sacrifice is a real cost and and it telegraphs a little bit. It, it's good, um, but I, I don't expect it to actually change much. Um, overall, I think it's about the same level of hate that we already have. It's nice to have extra options. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at with it. Okay. Well, it frees up a slot in the sideboard if you can play this main. You know what I mean? Like if you're playing blue-white uh, spirits, which has actually shown up a couple times at uh, Hallelujah... Um, then you know that card definitely is going to slot in there. Yeah, absolutely, it would slot into a spirit stack. But that that sounds like something that would struggle into if we do see Chain Whirler, if we do see Liliana. Mm. Yeah, I think I think that's the biggest thing is like the Just Guy Flyers list where we've seen a lot of these spirits crop up. Um, really, really struggles into things like Ballista, Lily, now Chain Whirler. Well, there's another um, card that helps against that. I guess we'll talk about that a little bit later. I don't think that'll be enough. No, go for it right now if that, it's uh, in color sure. here. Well, it's not in color. It's it's the next color. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, let's finish up with white here. I've got one more I thought I wanted to mention, which was Sun Cleanser. This is a hate card. Oh, it's one and a white oh. for a 1-4 human cleric. And when it enters the battlefield, you can do one. You can either remove all counters from a creature, and then that creature can't get counters for as long as Sun Cleanser is in play, or you do it to your opponent, and they lose all counters, and then they I can't love it. get counters until... It leaves play. So in Frontier, that second it. ability that's just energy, <laughs> they lose all their energy, they can't get oh, more energy so until good. they kill this thing. It's so good. I it's love it. so good, but it's nice to have. It, yeah, so you're in a white deck, and you are afraid of the Marvel matchup, yeah. and picking this over something like Sorcerer's Spyglass, or mm-hmm. you don't have access to Negate or Duress, as we might choose otherwise. Well, well like, those, those Marvel decks aren't playing anything that deals four damage. They're playing Abrades and... That's about it. They're usually their three color. They're tamer, right? So or they have harness they, lightning, which has a lot of trouble with this. They they can't they can't get uh, energy from harness lightning. Yeah, they can kill I, it in response, is what they can yeah. do. But then there's, they still lose their their pool. But it's like if they don't I mean, have that thing. answer. It's like bam, you win. Here, here's the thing, I guess, is like Marvel's not that good a deck. So I, I'm not. It won the God of Frontier. <laughs> How is it not a good good deck? Because nobody was playing good decks, the God of Frontier. <laughs> really? That's how. Ouch. Okay. Okay. But anyway, um, what I do like about it is, like, in terms of metagame health, um, it provides, like, a check and balance if Marvel were to ever get it to control because you know, Marvel isn't a great deck to play against, you know? Like, it's it's not the funnest meta when, when Marvel's everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I am happy that it exists and that it's around. It, I just don't know how important it is right now. Okay. But this is and what all en- people that played against Energy have wanted since that metagame. So it's it's a great card. It's a great answer. 
Okay, how about the first ability? Would we bring this in against something like Hardened Scales? Let's see, it's only one creature. Yeah, it's only one creature, so you could, like, kill a Hangerback Walker or a mm-hmm. Ballista. Well, you Ballista, could... they'll just sack and kill. Yeah, they'll, I mean, kill they'll, they'll shoot it at something, but... Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think if you if it just happens to be in your board, right? Like, if you're hedging against the Marvel matchup, mm-hmm. and you threw this... I don't know if I'd bring it in specifically for, for that matchup. Although, maybe. Who knows? It's not. It's, it's good enough that it's probably worth it, honestly. Mm. Okay. You, you'll want it for that first ability, though. All right. I don't know about you guys. I'm ready to move on to blue. Did you have anything more in white you thought needed to be touched on? Uh, I, I, fine. I wanted to talk about Leonin Warleader. Sure. Why don't this, you read that one off? This is uh, a 4-4 four, four for 4 mana. Whenever mm-hmm. Leonin Warleader attacks, you create two 1-1 one, one white creature tokens with lifelink that are tapped and attacking. So this reminds me a little bit of Burmaz and a little bit of Hero Blade Hold. You know, you mm-hmm. don't you don't get like the bonuses uh, of like uh, Vigilance from Burmaz or like the uh what is it the battle cry. But you get three bodies with one attack and it's four toughness which makes it incredibly hard to kill. You know, unless they can revolt fatal a fatal push or I don't know what what's another card that could kill Languish. it. Yeah, Languish. Rose. Yeah, but Languish. Grasp of Darkness. Darkness. Yeah, yeah we're naming down. a few things. Um, I, I like this card. I think that there's a lot of power there. I think that it's like the third or fourth or fifth best four drop in white in a token strategy that I would want, which is really hard to justify. Well, it gives you options. That's what I'm going to say. Like, I've been, I went from like a super low to the ground fast tokens build to a mm-hmm. more mid-range build that's playing like wingmate rock now so this gives me a chance you know if the format has a lot of that when damage to all creatures hate i can start playing this and kind of just go bigger than them okay but it's just another option i wouldn't say it's going to be great but i mean it's really if if the format has a lot of one damage to creatures this is just a four mana four four well, for that one turn that they kill the one damage creatures, and then after that, they're just like, all right, can you deal with this time? Can you deal with it this time? And it's and life are... gain, which is good as well. The built-in life gain is good when they attack. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just feel like, why aren't you playing Gideon in this slot? Oh, you would be playing Soren, or you just you can only play so many four drops, especially if you're already running Wingmate Rock. Well, like Legion's Landing helps out a lot because that usually flips pretty early if you're playing a lot of those early drops you know, one, two drops and Bushwhacker and flips it. And then you got your turn three Gideon or turn three War Leader, turn four Gideon. I'm just saying that's a okay, okay. That's a card that I'm excited about personally. I'll look at it. There's another tokens card we'll talk about later that I think is another four drop that might fit in the same spot. Um, but, okay, that, that's kind of wrapping up white. Yeah. Is there anything just from looking at white that you guys are like, oh, this is going to be archetype changing in Frontier? Hmm. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we we've touched on it. I don't think anything for me stands out as like, oh, this is going to change change this matchup, change this deck entirely. Or There's some good deck. sideboard cards, though. I think. Yeah, there are. Um, moving into blue, I I am going to start right off with one that I see as this is a card. I don't think it's super powerful, but right away we're getting a, a deck that's now viable in Frontier. This is Psychic Corrosion, two mm. in a blue for an enchantment. Whenever you draw a card, each opponent puts the top two cards of their library into their graveyard. So this is worse than a card we have in Frontier, which is um, 
Oh, shoot. What is it called? It's uh, uh, that Sanctum. Sphinx Tutelage, right? Sphinx Tutelage, yes. The yeah. Jace card. But what it is is that it plays alongside it. Now we have redundancy in that effect. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the one thing that deck didn't have is redundancy. I mm-hmm. think that makes this immediately into a deck that's a tier 2, tier 3 strategy, 100%. Yeah. I've played against recent builds without this card, and it was kind of scary. Mm-hmm. See, I guess my, th- <clears throat> my thing is that I don't think it really beats any form of aggro at all. I think it just auto-folds to, like, Tarka Red or, like, Abzan aggro. Like, th- getting your engine online at three and it doesn't do anything to the board when you do is just, like, that's really hard. I think you get um, to kind of so pick like, and choose which decks you lose to because you could be running this and then the rest of your deck is sweepers and you're going to win mm-hmm. against our aggro, but you would lose against a lot of other things. So you, you can kind of pick your battles of what you're going to be bad against. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, this definitely makes the mill deck better. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think the mill deck just has some really critical. And honestly, I'm glad it has these weaknesses because it, it's miserable to play against. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, I think it has some really critical weaknesses uh, that'll probably continue to keep it down. Okay, uh, I'm gonna move on. Why don't we go with another one that's kind of a big maybe here? Another big enchantment. And when I say big, omniscience is being reprinted in this set. This is ten mana. Might as well be 30 mana, because I don't think mm-hmm. anyone wants to play this naturally. You can cast spells from your hand without paying their amount of cost, is what it says. Is there any way to make show-and-tell work in Frontier? I can't think. This is one of those cards that I'm like I'm really excited and happy to see in the format, mm-hmm. even though it's never going to see top-level play ever. Like It's just like... It's it's a cool card, you know. I like it's, it's like a fan favorite. I like it. It's cool that they're reprinting it. So you didn't see this and start sleeving up your um, oh, what is the name of? It's not Nahiri, but uh, Narset. Narset, why? Oh, she plays understand. it for free when she does. Yeah, damage, she right? plays it for free, and then you can play your. Oh, you're talking six mana. Yeah, Narset. six mana. Yeah, Narset. <laughs> the Jes- Jes- Jeskai Narset. Oh, okay. No, I didn't. I didn't at all. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I don't think I do either. I've been looking at a few ways you could cheat this in, but I don't think it's anything that special. I mean, what about um, what about Starfield? Mm. Starfielding this in? <laughs> mm. I mean, at the point you're cheating stuff in, why aren't you just cheating stuff in that actually wins? Yeah, mm-hmm. like Overwhelming Splendor or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I don't see this making a big impact at all on Frontier. Okay, okay. I- I'm with you guys there. Uh, why don't you grab one, Ryan? Uh... Well, right next to it is the uh, Supreme Phantom. This is the card I was talking about with the other Phantom. That's a 2-1. You said they are they have a big weakness to like those Chain Whirlers and Ballistas and stuff. This guy gives all spirits plus one, plus one. He's a 1-3 flyer for two mana. Um, you know, with Mausoleum Wanderer and Spell Queller and all these other... We have like Selfless Spirit. We have all these other good spirits in Frontier now. And you know, hmm. I think this is going to... This is going to make... Make it... Maybe not tier one, but I could see it maybe getting better than tier two, maybe like tier one point five. Ooh, that's ambitious. Flyers are I... really strong in frontier, especially if there are four threes and four fives and and whatnot. And all the bodies are pretty soft on these guys. I, like I like spirits. We have like actually some really good spirit cards, so I, I am excited to see this card. Mm-hmm. I think it is going to bring the tribe up a notch from where it is, but I think mm-hmm. we're. I think. You and I are probably disagreeing about where it is right now. I think, I think really it's like tier five or tier no. four. Five. I don't know what five is. Um, it's bad. It's like spirits is 
like spirits is if you play decent. it against like good decks it's a good if you tempo play spirits deck. if you play spirits against good decks right now like you just get rocked like it's 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 unbelievable how much worse they are than like act the actual tier one decks i mean it's not a, um, it's not tier one but i'm saying it could be tier 1.5 I think my biggest worry I, for the deck is going to be consistency when you don't see this card. If you don't see you have one one-drop that fits into the deck, then it worries me that you're not going to have a very powerful hand. Yeah, like I think we're definitely going to see them take a step up from this. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that... Like, spirits, when they print spirits, they tend to print really good spirits. So I do think like, at some point we are going to get a good spirits deck in Frontier. And I, I would think this will be a part of it. Mm-hmm. I just think we're, we're still a fair way... Like, this deck isn't even with this, even with the card after this. This deck isn't a tier two deck. Mm, I agree to disagree. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, as long as we're talking about cards that fit into existing strategies, I'm gonna bring up Skilled Animator. This is two and a blue for a human artificer one three, and when it enters the battlefield, target artifact you control becomes an artifact creature with base power and toughness five five, for as long as Skilled Animator stays in play. So this is obviously, it's another in-soul effect, which, mm-hmm. it's on color, you don't have to splash for something like the Tezzeris Touch, which I think everyone tried out and didn't actually like at all. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you guys think about this card? You want to go first, Ryan? No, you can go first, Matt. Alright, I think it's actually pretty good. Like, I'm I'm pretty excited by this card. Um, I think it's just a really good rate. Uh, it's... I, I just I think it's really good. Like I don't know what to say about it. Like it's just like yeah. I, I don't hate the fact that you actually have a one three body sitting around, so it doesn't feel like it's card disadvantage when you're putting it on something big and that thing dies. Um, I did play. I have tested with this a little bit. So I played it against elves, and I was like, man, this card is stupid. This card is perfect. This card is so mm-hmm. good. Like it's unbeatable. And then I played it against something that actually has removal in the deck, like Abzan, and yeah. it didn't feel quite as good there because you know they can kill it, and then your thing. You know, your Bomat Courier turns from a 5-5 to a 1-1. That's pretty sad. Mm-hmm. Um, not as good there, but I do think that this is a good card, and I think it's going to pump in soul up just, you know, that little extra bit of a notch. Yeah, it's great on curve. You know, you play your turn two Smuggler's Copter and then play him, make it a 5-5 the next turn swing. Mm, or better yet, good. you turn your Ornithopter to 5-5 and crew yeah. your Copter the same turn. Yeah. Like, this this even looks good in, like, uh, Esper Vehicles to me, honestly. Hmm. Like Interesting. Like I, 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 I like this a lot in a in a in a vehicles list, right? Because he naturally crews copter on his own, mm-hmm. and like you you also have things like clues and lands running around in those lists that you can you can power up, right? Yeah, uh, I'm so interested I just, in that. Okay, I think this is really cool. All right, what well, else you guys got? Well, so this is one I actually kind of want to talk about because I'm not sure how to evaluate it. Okay, um, and I think that I just want to hear your opinions, and that's Omen Speaker. Hmm. So this is one and a blue for a 1-3. When it enters the battlefield, you scry two. I want to say this is actually a reprint. Mm-hmm. It's I from it Theros? Is, yeah. I think it's from Theros. I think that's right. Um, it's decent. I don't see anywhere that we want to play it, but it, it's, it's, I'll play it in limited. Mm. That's fair, yeah. I mean, it did show up a lot when it was in like Theros Standard, when you had like your control decks and whatnot i just think there's better options in frontier now okay yeah i mean i don't know because like i mean i don't think it's a control card right i think i think control needs more bang for its buck mm-hmm. hmm. but i can see it as maybe like a combo card like maybe something in sahili where just get you, know, you really where you really value that kind of filtering right you mm-hmm. need to 
kind of line up your draws, get your combo pieces, um, especially in something like Sahili where you're, you're able to bounce creatures a lot and mm-hmm. kind of get kind of recurring value. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if it's enough, but it's just like, it's, it's one of those things that's hard to evaluate for me, so I wanted to hear what you guys thought. Okay. It, sounds, um, it look, seems decent. If you yeah, I certainly like don't that. see anywhere right now that I'm dying to play it, but uh, I'll remember it, hopefully. You know, I, I realized we um, we broke what we said at the beginning. We said we were going to go with our Planeswalker first each time, and we uh, completely forgot about Tezzeret. Yeah. So he's a five-mana Planeswalker, five starting loyalty. He can plus one to make a Thopter token. He can plus zero to draw a card, or if you control three or more artifacts, draw two cards instead. And his minus nine is at the beginning of your end step, search your library for a permanent card and put it onto the battlefield. So good. Blah, 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 win the game. <laughs> yeah, blah, 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 <laughs> planar bridge, win the game. Yeah. yeah. I, I like the flavor there. Um, it's probably never going to happen, because I don't know why you would want to be just pumping out Thopters each turn when you could be drawing two. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... I have such a hard time with this card, because, like, what committed artifact deck wants a five-drop? Yeah. Right? Like, especially a five-drop card drawing. Mm-hmm. But, like, drawing two cards is huge. That's a lot of card advantage. So, like, the payoff is there. Five drops are really kind of just naturally hard to do in Frontiers. So mm-hmm. like, sure, we especially in an aggro deck, which is kind of what uh, I'm yeah, expecting, it's, right? I don't know if you'd play this in aggro. This would probably be like more of a art, mid-range artifact deck, I think. That mm-hmm. seems. I don't think you should ever play like mid-range a, artifacts. Yeah, but <laughs> the only, yeah, the only we've one got I could... Thopter Spy mm-hmm. Engine, which is one mm-hmm. less mana and draws you cards and makes Thopters, and that's not mm-hmm. seeing any play right now because we don't have a home for that kind of deck. Mm-hmm. So I am curious where we could actually find a spot for Tezzeret that we didn't find a spot for that. We didn't find a spot for four mana Tezzeret. Oh, I saw someone was playing. I know in Standard they were playing that Improvise deck. Hmm. Like Grixis Improvise with Karn and with uh, what are the other cards in there? That 5-5 five, five Demon. I mean, you got that makes Karn, you discard. You oh, uh, Herald yeah. of Anguish. Yeah, so... It, <laughs> that card maybe. is, like, crack for Frontier players. Anytime someone's like, oh my god, Herald of Anguish, we can make yeah. that a deck, and it never yeah. turns out as a deck. But Improvise has shown up a little bit. It seems like it could be viable in the future with a couple more pieces, and I think Tezzeret would fit right in there. Okay. Like, alongside Karn. I mean, if you're going Improvise, I think you just want to turbo things out, right? Like, you're, you're using the Improvise cost... Well, it's more like Improvise Control. It's not mm. aggro. It's more like you get value. I hope you guys are right because I I think this card's cool. I think it's just I think it should have been a four mana card mm. with maybe a little less starting loyalty. Mm. Like I just, yeah. I think five mana is just asking so much mm-hmm. for what this guy does. But he does protect himself, which is great. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like I like the abilities on him. I really do. And like, in a vacuum, they're actually good. Mm-hmm. And just the synergies that I would see building him around, I can't. Yeah, he, he get doesn't. My head he doesn't really mana. fit in the vehicles. He doesn't really fit into you are in soul. So, yeah. Okay. I think at four mana, he would have been like, he would have been a game changer for certain decks. Mm-hmm. But all right, let's take a look at. Um, I've got one more kind of fun one that I want to bring up. This is metamorphic alteration. One in a blue for an enchantment aura, but you. So we normally auras are bad. This one maybe isn't bad. It's kind of removal, maybe. Uh, so you enchant a creature, and as it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature and play, and the enchanted creature is a copy of the chosen creature. Hmm. 
I mean, there's so much going on in this card. Like, you can choose your creature to make it a copy of something big, or you can choose theirs and make it something weak, or even die if you've got, like, a, th- a hangerback walker. Is this good? I mean, no, this is so bad. <laughs> what would you, I mean, it doesn't copy ETB effects, does it? No. Yeah. Well, hang on. No, no, it wouldn't. I mean, I guess the thing is, like, you're still losing card advantage, kind of no matter how you put it, right? Like, even if you're going to kind of use it as, like, quasi-removal... I think you'd want to use people it... People don't play bad creatures. You'd want to use it on a lord, right? You could use I it think. on a lord, maybe? That makes sense. Like um, a spirits lord, or on, like, a merfolk lord, or... Yeah, if you had a, like, random creature sitting around that doesn't do anything, or already mm-hmm. had counters yeah. on it, okay. maybe? Let's let's slow down for one sec. <laughs> Why do we want to be mono blue so bad in this format? That's what I I'm wondering. I don't, I don't, if we are mono blue, this is a, a piece of removal. Maybe you know, you play it and then you say, "Okay, your your five five is now my zero zero um, walking ballista." Mm-hmm. And I mean, here's a, here's another thing too. If we were going to play this, why don't we play? I can't remember the name of the card. It's the same mana cost, and it's just turn them into a two two. Hmm, turn to frog? No, I think that's only no, temporary. It's, it's uh. There's the I one from, the, called... from Dominaria, but I think that's three mana. Yeah, this is an older one. It's like cons or some shit. Oh, like, okay. but it's, it's like, it, it's, it's <laughs> one that came to my attention at the very, like, inception of the format. Hmm. And I don't remember what it's called. I'm sorry. But it's, it's legit just one, one colorless, one blue. Um, exile target creature. Uh, and that player, or that creature's controller puts a 2-2 two, two something something Oh, oh, oh the, the, um, the one that makes them a manifest, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that one can end up turning into something that really bites you in the ass, so. I mean, how wait, wait. How, how bad are the creatures your opponent's <laughs> playing that, that they're worse or they're worse than a 2-2? What I'm saying is if it, it makes a manifest, so you could end up, you know, you exile their smuggler's copter, and you end up they flipping up a siege rhino or something. Oh, sorry, no, 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 not a man. It's like just a straight-up 2-2 token, like it's hmm. a rabbit or some shit, I don't know. Hmm. I'll find right, it. I'm later. not sure that I'm exists, sorry, I don't but remember. okay. <laughs> All right. Are... Um, is there anything else in blue? I wouldn't mind moving on to black if we've got the chance. Yeah, we can do black. Yeah, it's fine. Okay, so we're going to start with the Planeswalker. Yes, okay. uh, Liliana this time. This one is all zombie Liliana. It's Liliana untouched by death. Four mana, four starting loyalty, plus one. Put the top three oh, cards of your library into your graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie, each opponent loses two life. You gain one life. Or two life. Um... Minus two target creature gets minus X minus X, where X is the number of zombies you control. And minus three, so four starting loyalty, minus three. You can cast zombie cards from your graveyard this turn. Hmm. Do any of these effects do anything? Well, if, you, if you're playing the black-white zombie deck, the one that was, what, Shadow of Innistrad, um, standard, it was really strong before everything rotated out. I could see that. Why would you them. want this instead of just like Liliana the Last Hope, though? You could have both. Hmm. This card is hot. Hot garbage. This <laughs> yeah. is like, this card is so bad. Like, even in a zombie deck, I just, I don't understand what they were thinking. Like maybe like, if like... you really wanted the self-mill. That's the one that maybe interests me, but... Mm-hmm. That, that is good. It, well, self-mill without any, any upside, right? That's the problem, like... Self-mill is good, but you usually want to... Like, that's not getting great value out of your Planeswalker, right? Because 
Mm-hmm. A, a big part of what makes a planeswalker uptick good is being able to kind of uptick towards their I win the game condition. Or at I mean, least towards this, value, yeah. Could this be good this in Dredge? This doesn't have it. But could this be good in Dredge? With like Prize the Malgum and what was the four mana one that uh, creates mana. a spirit? Oh, um, Haunted Dead. It comes yeah. back for two mana. Um, there is also an artifact, which is real hot jank in this set, that every time something, a uh, creature is removed from your graveyard, you make a 1-1 one, one bat. Mm-hmm. I, I want I want to play that. It's removed? I, I, I was bat. just it's... testing it this afternoon. It was terrible. I tried Liliana in there. <laughs> I mean, like... all right but if we're talking about that deck let's talk about a much much better way to fill up your graveyard in this set uh stitcher's supplier is a one mana zombie one one and when enters the battlefield or dies you put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard Mm. i i literally can't imagine this not being good somewhere yes this card looks awesome um, is this good enough for Rally? Is this good enough for Dredge to be a deck? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like them both. I, I I think Dredge is too far away from where it is right now. It's like because Dredge wants to be fast, well, and well, right now we don't have any way to be fast. Well, Dredge Dredge is playing like um, red right now because they want to have like Neonate on the first turn to be able to put stuff into their graveyard and get the card advantage. But if you can just do blue black, you know, with Stitcher Supplier. I think I, think, I just more. think in Frontier, Dredge is just so far away from being actually good. Hmm. Like it just like it just doesn't mount a fast enough offense. I think. Well, I've got a sixty like card Raleigh, list. If sure. you're interested, <laughs> yeah, send it, send it to me. I, right, I, I wouldn't say it's it's not bad. It's decent. Um, all right, it's it, is... it's not going to win any big tournaments, but you know it's fun to play and it'll win you some games. Matt, why don't you but jump it's, to it's our next horrible. card? Or do you want to keep talking about zombies? Maybe. I think Stitcher Supplier is just still like we haven't covered it. Like it just goes, it's such a cheap role player is the thing. Like it just, it's it's the level of efficiency we're looking for mm-hmm. in almost any kind of just role player. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where this is gonna find a home, but I'm I'm absolutely certain it will find mm-hmm. a home. Yeah, yes. agree. Um, I think I think the one kind of thing that you have to kind of be cautious about when building with this card. Um, is that I, I don't really ever want to be spending a card on just a 1-1. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have to really, really be getting value out of my graveyard. Or probably more likely is I, I'm going to have to have some kind of copter pilot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like him in a deck where he can he can be the copter pilot, and then he, fill, he you know activates your graveyard strategies, whether you're looking at something like uh, Delve Fatties or, or whatever, you know, Delirium, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say about Stitchers. We can, we can keep going now. Okay, okay. Um, why don't we go on, just because we're on zombies a little bit. We've got two zombies in the set, and I, mm-hmm. I think I actually just realized that Phylactery Lich is a zombie. Mm-hmm. I don't think I realized that. Um, so that that's one that's a reprint. It's three black for a 5-5 five, five indestructible, and when it enters the battlefield, you put a Phylactery counter on an artifact you control, and when you control no permanents with Phylactery counters on them, you sacrifice the Lich. This card's fucking sweet. <laughs> it's a 5-5 five, five for three. I love it. I don't know. I don't know if it'll get there, because mm-hmm. um, like it is that's a real requirement. Uh, but I know I'm gonna try. I know other people are gonna try. It's a fun card. Payoffs there. I want to see what people do with this card. Okay, this is the first time in Frontier, right? <laughs> yes, first. It was time like in what M13 was the last one, I believe, or M14 uh, something maybe. Something like that. 
Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. it's scary. A um, couple more zombies if we want to keep going. Uh, Death Baron is another yes. reprint, but is another good one here. This is one black black for a 2-2 zombie wizard, which somehow we got that wizard theme in there. Skeletons you control and other zombies you control get plus one, plus one, and death touch, which is a real nice ability on zombies, especially with things like menace, with things that come back and then block. So tell me about yeah, skeletons, think... guys. Skeleton. <laughs> I think death touch is actually the really important mm-hmm. part here. Yeah. Because um, zombies are kind of all about, we're just going to keep bringing these guys mm-hmm. back forever. Mm-hmm. Like they're, you're never going to actually run me out of dudes. Yeah. All my bodies are kind of mediocre. Mm-hmm. But you'll never you'll never run me out of them. But now, all of my, my shitty dudes <laughs> kill Man, your not shitty dudes. We're really earning that explicit rating today, aren't we? Ooh, yeah. This is a, I think that's four in one episode. we got to calm this down. <laughs> I'm going to get the, uh, the podcast police on us. <laughs> All right, so um, are, you, are you playing zombies now because of this card, Matt? We do have a oh, lot think... of lords available. Yeah, accursed, Lord of the Accursed, Death Baron, and then the five-man enchantment, right? Mm-hmm. Plus we can do things like you've got Metallic Mimic if you want it. You've got the other three-mana guy that makes two twos when he, whenever you cast a zombie. Mm-hmm. You've got so... the white enchantment if you want it. I I do think zombies are a little ways off of like a properly tiered strategy in Frontier. Mm-hmm. Um, that said, I like they're one of the most popular tribes. Mm-hmm. We get new zombies like every set. Yeah, a lot of them are actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I think I think a matter in a matter of time we will get a zombie strategy. I think this is probably the best lord we have in Frontier. Oh yeah. So so I think at some point he'll he'll probably see play in at least tier two. Yeah, I, I agree. Tier 2 sounds good. And I actually see a couple more zombies I want to mention. There's a 1-mana 2-2 that enters the battlefield tap. That's definitely a role player. I've been saying for a while that Black really needs a 2-2 for 1-mana. Um, so I'm very excited to see that card available. We also have Graveyard Marshal, which is 2 Black, and zombies were also... They kind of didn't have a good 2-drop. This is a 3-2 two for 2 mm-hmm. that has the ability for 2 and a Black, exile a creature or card from your graveyard, create a tap 2-2 two, two Black zombie creature token. I think this card's sweet, mm. actually. Yeah, that's, I mean... This is a really cool and card. Even just, it's a 3-2 that maybe can make another creature for free. And if you play it on curve with the Lord, the next turn it's a 4-3. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, this is just a cool card. <laughs> uh, not amazing, but, like, I'm pretty happy with it. Mm-hmm. All right, Matt, why don't you uh, pick one, because I've been railing about zombies. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> this card's bad, but I want to make it work really bad, so I'm going to talk okay. about it. Um, Nightmare's Thirst. All right, so this is the removal spell. Yeah, so the removal with air quotes. For the record. <laughs> it's one you can't black. See it. It's one black. You gain one life. It's an instant. That's good, right? Um, and then target creature gets minus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the amount of life you have gained this turn. Sounds like Matt's so, trying to build a uh, lich's mastery. So, hear me out, guys. Oketra's okay, Last Mercy. Oh. Nightmare's Thirst. Gain, was it? That one sets your life total to your starting, I believe. 20. Yeah. <laughs> it's like gain 20 life or something stupid. Like it's, <laughs> it's crazy. And you don't untap your lands? Yeah, it's super bad. <laughs> but I, I, this kind of goes back to what I said. Like I really I really want a life gain deck mm-hmm. that's just worth playing. Uh, probably this won't even be a part of it because it's just so bad. Uh, but it's a cool card. I appreciate that. Yeah. Now, do you, another card that 
some people have been kind of excited about at least in the eternal formats was infernal reckoning do you guys think it'll be any good in frontier though um so this song kind of seems to be that cycle of one mana not for standard not for frontier cards so it's one mm-hmm. black for an instant exile target colorless creature you gain life equal to its power mm-hmm. i don't think i'm playing this in frontier I, the only thing i want to kill is smuggler's copter and i'm not playing this card to kill smuggler's copter well that's true i mean i i think powerful colorless creatures coming into the format or more powerful colorless creatures is a matter of time mm-hmm so like I think this is this is this is another thing I'm willing to put in like the one day maybe it'll be a sideboard card pile. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty cool. Probably not right now. Yeah, Ulamog. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't hit Emrakul. Not a lot of people are playing Ulamog anymore. Um, not as much now. But vehicles, uh, you know, Hardy Karen, Smuggler's Copter. That's okay, I guess. If you know that you're gonna run into C squared. <laughs> yes, <rockets>. exactly. <laughs> This is the anti-C-squared card. Just get somebody and convince them to run four of these in the sideboard just to mm-hmm. mess with C-squared, yeah. So that's Clayton, who we've had on the show a couple times. He's a big Eldrazi person. Black, Eldrazi black. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's going to wrap us up for today. So thank you guys. We're going to join everyone together for part two of this episode next week. Um, thanks everyone for listening, and as always, we look forward to being your go-to source for Frontier Information Online. Your final frontier signing off.